The Perfect Stress Podcast does not provide medical or nutritional advice, nor is it a substitute for medical or nutritional advice, and is not intended for the prevention, cure, or mitigation of any medical condition or disease. This podcast provides information only. Please consult a physician or nutritionist for advice. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Perfect Stress Podcast, where we walk that fine line between being productive and overdoing it and triggering stress-related symptoms. I'm Adam Darrow, your host and founder of MyStressAlarm.com. Just a quick announcement, I am setting up testing for the MyStressAlarm mobile app in both uh, Apple Store and the Google Play Store, and I'm looking to add more testers. It's very easy, takes just a few minutes a day for a few days, and that's it. So if you're interested in being a beta tester, please email me directly at adam at perfectstresscoaching.com, and it would be much appreciated. One of the many lessons I'm learning from my back injury is to be smart. Now, what, what do I mean by that? Well, Remember a few episodes ago, I was mentioning how my body gives me a certain allowance, if you will, to utilize my my, uh, left side and my lower back. And when I go over that allowance, I pay the price in terms of pain. But sometimes I would wake up thinking, okay, today's going to be easy. I don't have to do a lot of stuff. I don't have to do this, that, and the other. But it turns out that I had to do other things that I may not have, you know, I may not do that often and I wasn't quite aware of or forgot about. But there are times when it just so happens coincidentally that a number of things converge that that come up that you have to do. And so I end up having a bunch of stuff to do anyway, even when I thought, hey, it was going to be an easy day. Now you can say, well, Adam, just invest in uh, scheduling software or put everything in your phone or calendar so you don't, you, know, you won't be surprised. But it's not that simple. There's so many things, you know, out there. It's, 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 um, uh, and, and, and even if I'm not surprised by what comes up, I don't necessarily have control over all my obligations. And the other thing is trying to keep track of everything could in and of itself be so burdensome that it defeats the purpose. So one thing that I thought would be smart to do is to make some simple rules for myself to kind of spread out the chores that require me to be on my feet so that I can reduce the chances of overdoing it and triggering my injury to flare up. So for example, I decided that on weekends now, I'm not going to cook dinner, period. Because on weekends, I already cook a big nutritious brunch that I really enjoy which includes homemade hash browns, starting with the potato, a three-egg omelet with uh, green and red peppers, mushrooms, and Swiss, and a bunch of fruit as well. And I'm on my feet for at least an hour, including cleanup. And so this is just an example of an easy way of being mindful of your limitations. And that could be applied to your workload in general from a stress management standpoint. Now, I want to make it clear that chronic stress monitoring does not truly promote pacing yourself better, at least not directly. It's more reactionary, whereas pacing yourself, like I just described, is more proactive. With chronic stress monitoring, you're basically seeing how much you can work without making yourself sick, to put it bluntly, which knowing where that line is is really important because you don't want to trigger symptoms. 
Because if you do that, then you fall into this vicious cycle whereby overworking triggers stress-related symptoms. And the more frequent and severe your symptoms become, the more preoccupied or distracted you are dealing with that rather than focusing on the very things, the very goals that motivated you to work harder in the first place. Only to then have more anxiety as time goes by that you're not making enough progress on your goals and working even harder to stay on pace or catch up because you don't want those goals to be in jeopardy. So you're going to do what you have to do, but then triggering symptoms again because you know you're working harder. Now, theoretically, you can aim to work just under your threshold. It's what I call maximum sustainable productivity. And I highly recommend not doing that, not having this frame of mind for a couple of reasons. First, you want to give yourself a cushion for unforeseen circumstances, unexpected events, as well as tasks that you may have underestimated. The other thing to keep in mind is that chronic stress monitoring is not an exact science. So there's some margin of error you have to account for. So just because you may technically be under your threshold number that the My Stress Alarm app gives you doesn't guarantee that you won't flare up. The whole purpose of monitoring your chronic stress is, number one, to increase your awareness of your chronic stress, but also to empower you to make data-driven decisions. It's still reactive as opposed to proactive, but you're making calculated risks now rather than just blindly plugging away at your working goals, having no idea when your next flare is going to be. So to me, chronic stress monitoring is a game changer because you're no longer in the dark. You're much more aware of how your decisions and thoughts around work affect your health, productivity, and overall performance. Now, in addition to chronic stress monitoring, you could make some common sense rules based on your experience with how things usually shake out. So maybe that means anytime you end up working late and getting to bed late for whatever reason, you'll automatically skip X the next day. That could be your morning workout, um, cooking dinner the next night, any kind of cleaning you were planning to do, whatever. And you may have already come up with some rules, some of these type of rules for yourself. Now, what if you can't think of anything obvious to skip or put off till later? or at least pay someone else to do, or, or somehow do more efficiently. Well, this is where sustainability planning comes in. And I created a sustainability matrix to help represent what my definition of sustainability is. And also, what are the four main scenarios or categories that you could fall into with respect to that definition of sustainability? So there are two parts to my definition of sustainability. First is a simple but not so simple question to ask yourself. Are you satisfied with the rate of progress you're making on your goals? This is an extremely important question because it has to do with your intrinsic motivation, which is innate. You can't change it any more than you can make yourself taller. You can't ignore it. You can't tame it. It would be a fool's errand to do so. So you work with it. The other question to ask yourself is, are you getting enough rest in each day on average? So how much is enough? Well, for simplicity's sake, I chose a target of seven hours of sleep a night and three additional hours of rest during the day for a total of 10 hours of rest per day. That's just a baseline I chose for the system 
That's what I'm calling a balanced lifestyle. Now, you may disagree and, you know, think it should be something else, or perhaps you just, you know, disagree with the split. Maybe you think it should be six and four or eight and two versus seven and three. Now, to me, the split is not as important as the total. It's important, but maybe just not as important as the total. But I tried to pick something that was fairly reasonable and attainable for most folks over the long run. But if you want to try something else, you can obviously do whatever you want. (laughs) Um, And I've gone into detail in previous episodes, specifically 9 and 10, and then 45, 46, and 48. I've talked about the different categories and scenarios represented in the sustainability matrix. But by answering those two questions, how much uh, rest you're getting and how satisfied you are with the rate of progress you're making on your goals, you're going to have a pretty good idea of what you need to do to get to what I call coasting, which is one of the four main categories in the sustainability matrix. Basically, that you are satisfied with the progress you're making on your goals and and you can do that and still maintain a somewhat balanced lifestyle. Now, by all means, if there's low-hanging fruit, something obvious that clearly is taking up your time that you don't need to do anymore or not as much, then there's no need to go through any kind of analysis or anything. That would be overkill. And there may be certain tasks that, from a cost-benefit standpoint, used to totally make sense to be part of your routine, daily, weekly, but now maybe not so much as circumstances do change, right? Now, If you can't eliminate something altogether, maybe you can come up with a rule to make sure it never supersedes something that you consider a higher priority, namely not hitting your stress threshold in general. But so again, in my example on weekends, because I'm already on my feet for an hour plus cooking my infamous brunch, I outsource dinner. In other words, I get carry out. But you could also find opportunities to reduce your standards. Example cleaning your home. Maybe you clean your home once a week. Maybe you you should drop that back to every other week. Yeah, your home's a little dirtier, but it's not really worth the extra energy and, you know, that you have to put yourself through to keep your house that clean. You know, if still nothing comes to mind or not enough to get you to coasting, then you can do what I call a task inventory where you fill in all your time other than rest which you've already accounted for, to get a full accounting of how you spend your time around the clock. Not every second or every minute, that's impractical and unnecessary, but maybe 90%. This exercise is really helpful because it forces you to be realistic about how long certain tasks or activities actually take you to do. You'd be surprised. It's kind of eye-opening sometimes. So to summarize, first you can assess your current lifestyle in terms of my definition of sustainability, then perhaps doing a task inventory if necessary to round out your overall general trade-off plan, okay? Which sounds like a lot, but it's not. It could be something you do in 30 minutes or less. Some people may take longer. And it's not something you have to do all in one sitting either. You can chip away at it whenever you have a few minutes. But I think it's very effective and a proactive approach along with making rules where you can, um, that along with the reactive approach of chronic stress monitoring, still data-driven, just like proactive, 
you now have a comprehensive stress management strategy, which supports both your body's need for rest and cognitive health, as well as fulfilling your intrinsic motivation to achieve your goals. Because it really comes down to what gives your life meaning, right? And that's your goals. And that's something only you can figure out. Well, that's my two cents for this week. As always, I really value your feedback. So please don't be shy. You can post a comment on the Perfect Stress Facebook page. Always feel free to email me directly at adam at perfectstresscoaching.com. Anyway, stay safe. Wishing you good health and success. And thank you very much for listening. If you have an autoimmune disorder, heartburn, tension headaches, irritable bowel syndrome, high blood pressure, depression, or something else you think is stress-related, please try MyStressAlarm.com today. It's free for a limited time. There's no wearables or sensors needed, and it takes just one minute a day if you're slow. That's MyStressAlarm.com. Anyway, thank you very much for tuning in. And if you'd like to get new episodes automatically, just click subscribe. Also, I'd be much obliged if you left a review or comment. Well, until next time, wishing you good health and success. And remember, stress less to be your best.